It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Apple, Spotify, Himalaya. Also, don't forget, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Oh my God, I have a quarterback. I shouldn't be talking about this, so go ahead, check out Locked On Giants. But as a New York Giants fan, which I think some of you may be as well, Daniel Jones, unbelievable. Forget about that, though. Let's get to the Mets. And they did part of what they need to do this weekend by winning their series against the Cincinnati Reds, but we were hoping for a sweep. So on today's show, going to talk about the first two games of that series in the first half, including the one loss that they had on Saturday night. Then later on in the show, going to get into the Mets victory on Sunday, where they stand in the wild card race, what needs to happen for them to make this improbable run into the postseason, and give you a quick preview of Monday's game. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. Great site for you to check out covering all things New York Mets. Now, on Friday night, the game started off with a great pitcher's duel between Jacob deGrom and Luis Castillo. deGrom was once again as good as you can be, pitching seven scoreless innings, giving up just four hits, no walks, nine strikeouts, lowered the ERA to 2-5-1 on the season, which is the second best mark in the National League, 10 points behind Hyunjin Ryu, but... I really think DeGrom right now is in a great position to win his next Cy Young. Since July 1st, he's pitched to a 1.63 ERA. He is leading the National League in strikeouts with 248, leading the National League in whip with a 0.99 whip. He's top five in batting average against. His ERA, as I said, is second. Innings pitched third. He is just sensational. And so he carried the Mets in that start, and then they finally got him some runs. Beginning with a run in the sixth inning when Jeff McNeil hit his 23rd home run of the season. In the seventh inning, Ahmed Rosario hit a two-run homer that gave the Mets a 3 to nothing lead. After DeGrom pitched a scoreless bottom of the seventh inning, there was a question about whether they would send him back out to pitch the eighth. But Pete Alonso kind of took all those question marks away. When he hit his 50th home run of the season, a two-run shot to put the Mets up 5 to nothing, And the Mets end up rolling from there. They get three more runs in the ninth inning. And all of a sudden you look up and it was an 8-1 to one blowout victory. Pete Alonso is just incredible. 50 home run season, the first in Mets history. Becomes the second rookie to ever hit 50. He is right on the precipice of maybe breaking Aaron Judge's record for the most home runs ever hit by a rookie, but he has just been, its you can't even put it to words, the type of season that he has had. 
Now, on Saturday, things were not as pleasant for the Mets. They ended up getting a loss because the offense just simply could not get going. In the bottom of the first inning, though, for Zach Wheeler, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. He gave up a leadoff single. He then walked a batter, but with runners at first and second, he got what should have been a double play ball, a hard hit grounder to Todd Frazier at third. Frazier just boots it, and that leads to a bases-loaded situation. Then things just got worse as the Reds hit a chopping ground ball to Todd Frazier that should have been a foul. He thought it was foul, but he didn't play it through. If he had maybe you know played it through, he might have tried to get the runner out at the plate. He could have tried to maybe go back and step on third. He was completely flustered when the umpire called it a foul ball, tried to force a throw to first. Every runner is safe, and the Reds were up one to nothing. From there, Zach Wheeler gets a big strikeout. He then gives up a bloop hit where he got Jose Iglesias hit a jam shot that just fell in front of Brandon Nimmo, and the Reds were up 2-0, but Wheeler continued to battle with the bases loaded. He got a pop-up and a ground out to get out of that jam, and then he pitched great from that point on. Wheeler ended up going seven innings, allowed seven hits, gave up those two runs, only one of them earned, walked one, and struck out six. He lowered his ERA below four, now it's sitting at 399 with probably one last start left. So we'll talk about Wheeler's season at the end of the year, but he has really come on down the stretch and pitched very well. Now the Mets, they had some opportunities to score runs, and they just didn't cash him in. In the third inning, Frazier hit a single, and then Ahmed Rosario hit a double to put runners at second and third. But aside from a Zach Wheeler ground net that scored a run, the Mets couldn't get anything else. In the fifth inning, the Mets scored another run when Brandon Nimmo was hit by a pitch with the bases loaded, but that's all they got. So it was just a very disappointing game offensively where the Mets only got three hits, and that was really the story. In the eighth inning, Justin Wilson ends up giving up a run, or at least a run that was charged to him, as he struck out the first battery face, but then walked one, gave up a base hit. With two runners on, Seth Lugo came in. He got a big strikeout, but then he gave up a base hit, which scored a run. The Reds were up 3-2, to two, and as I said, offensively, the Mets just couldn't get anything going. And so, when you look back at the end of this season, this is a game where you think the Mets should have grabbed it just because of the opponent they are playing. At this point, and we're going to talk about this in the second half, the Mets have to run the table. And part of running the table is a three-game series at the end of the season against the Atlanta Braves. And if you think the Braves are just going to phone it in and not play because they have everything wrapped up, I'm sorry, that's not the case. They do not want to see this starting pitching staff with the Mets in the playoffs. If they have the opportunity to eliminate them, they will. Now, will they probably still, you know, maybe bench some guys or set up their starting rotation? Maybe, but they're not going to go in there and just throw in the towel. They're going to be competing and they have a really good roster. We'll talk about that, though, in the second half, along with what happened on Sunday as the Mets picked up a victory and won the series. But first, I want to tell you about Bombas, which are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. With every pair that is purchased, a pair is donated. Go to bombas.com slash locked and get 20% off your first purchase. 
Guys, the Mets are coming home to City Field one last time with this seven-game homestand this week. And Vivid Seats is there to make sure you can get in on this great playoff push. Whether you're catching a game, a concert, or a show, Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person while earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app via their Vivid Seats loyalty program. Vivid Seats offers great pricing and an easy purchasing experience as well as an in-app loyalty program, the Vivid Seats Rewards. Here is how simple this is, guys. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are then automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all of their purchases as part of Vivid Seats Rewards. With reward statuses ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn from 10% up to 16% credit on all of their purchases through the app for the month of August. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable alternative to Viagra and Cialis with the same FDA-approved active ingredients so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no more waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com. Promo code MLB to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for supporting this podcast. All right, so let's talk about Sunday's big victory against the Reds. And it started with a bang as the Mets got four runs in the first inning. With two outs, Pete Alonso hit a double his 30th of the season. He became the first player in Major League history with 50 home runs and 30 doubles in their rookie season, which basically means that Aaron Judge did not do that when he was a rookie, hitting the 30 doubles, that is. Robinson Cano then doubled him home. Wilson Ramos then got hit by a pitch, and Michael Conforto, who was in a big slump, hit a three-run homer, and all of a sudden, Marcus Stroman had a comfortable lead before he even set foot on the mound. Now, coming into the weekend, I told you, Stephen Matz was going to pitch. Well, the Mets were pretty smart here, and because Mats had been so bad on the road and they had an off day, they ended up pitching Marcus Stroman on full rest and let Mats you know, get extra rest and pitch at home on Monday. So that was probably a smart move, although Stroman was apparently dealing with some type of a stomach virus, a flu or something, but he gutted it out and he ended up pitching relatively well. Stroman made it four and two-thirds, Gave up three hits, uh, two runs. He ended up walking three in the fifth inning when he had two outs, which was where things got a little bit dicey. But he got pulled from the game. Brad Brock came in, picked him up, got a big out. 
and the Mets were no worse for wear. Now in the sixth inning, J.D. Davis came in and hit his 20th home run of the season, which gave the Mets five guys to hit 20 home runs. J.D. Davis, Jeff McNeil, Michael Conforto, Pete Alonso, and Todd Frazier? <laughs> and Todd Frazier, um, which is the first time they've ever done that in franchise history. Now that put the Mets up 5-2. to two. Brad Brock stayed in and pitched a scoreless sixth inning. Edwin Diaz came in in the seventh inning and honestly looked terrible. Although he did get three strikeouts, he got a lot of help from Reds batters swinging at pitches out of the strike zone. So I'm sure they're going to try to stay away from him, but you got to do what you got to do at this point. It's tough to let Seth Lugo and Justin Wilson pitch every day. That's not what they are accustomed to. So we'll see what happens there. The Mets could really use a big blowout tomorrow so they can stay away from those guys in the bullpen. Now Seth Lugo came in to pitch the 8th inning and he ended up giving up a home run which cut the Mets lead to 5-3 to three, but Brandon Nimmo got one right back in the ninth inning hitting his 8th home run of the season which kind of, to me, just watching the way he has played just to think if he was healthy all year I know that might affect J.D. Davis's playing time so maybe it wouldn't have worked out quite the same but you look at Brandon Nemo and Robinson Cano, if those two guys didn't spend so much time on the IL, this Mets team conceivably could have had seven guys hit 20 home runs with a type of power on the roster. So next year, the lineup does look to be pretty healthy as long as they stay healthy. Regardless, ninth inning, Justin Wilson came in and notched his fourth save of the season, and the Mets took the 6-3 victory. Now you look up at the wild card standings and the Brewers just keep on winning. The Cubs have actually kept on losing. They've lost 6 straight and they are now just a half a game above the Mets. They also are off on Monday. So if the Mets beat the Marlins on Monday, they will move even with the Cubs, yet not much closer to the playoffs. What is interesting is the Nationals ended up losing to the Marlins in the last game of their series, and now they are even with the Brewers, albeit they have played two less games. So where does that lead the Mets? They're four and a half back from the Brewers and the Nationals. The Brewers have six games left to play, the Nationals have eight left to play, and the Mets have seven left to play. So what are the scenarios that get the Mets to the playoffs? Well, first off, the Brewers have not been great away from home this year, and they played their last six games on the road. They have a 37 and 38 record on the road, a 49 and 32 record at home. So maybe uh, the Reds, who they play first, or the Rockies can win those two series. And if both those teams win their series against the Brewers and the Mets win out, the Mets would then be tied with the Brewers and would play some form of a playing game. Granted, the Nationals keep on winning, and the Cubs don't, you know, factor into this, right? You go to the national side of the equation. Again, it's still four and a half games, but they are playing some stiff competition this last week. First off, being a five-game series against the Phillies. So if the Phillies were to sweep that five-game series, which probably not going to happen, but maybe it does, and the Mets were to sweep the Marlins, they would be even with the Nationals going into the last weekend of the season. Let's just say the Phillies you know, take four out of five. Then the Mets are one game back, and the Nationals have to play a really tough Indians team at the end. Now the other two teams to look at. 
the Diamondbacks. They still have to play the Cardinals next. I just don't expect them to go on a run. The Phillies, as I said, you kind of want them to win right now. And they're currently a game and a half behind the Mets. So if they were to take four to five, as I described, then they would be two games back from the Mets if the Mets had swept. Going into the last weekend, and then the Phillies play the Marlins in the last weekend. The bottom line scenario here is the Mets, if they're going to make the playoffs, they basically have to run the table, which starts with sweeping the Marlins in a four-game series, which is never easy to do. But the Mets are 11-4 this year against the Marlins, and that includes getting swept by the Marlins in that really disastrous series. I think it was in May when you had Cano not running, and then he got hurt, and all that drama. So let's talk about Monday's game real quick. It will be Steven Matz on the mound because of the flipping of the rotation. He has been amazing at home this year. Hopefully he can go deep in this start, and the Mets can pile up a lot of runs because... I don't believe Seth Lugo will be available at their pitching the last two days. I don't know if Justin Wilson will be available. So then you're left with the likes of Jerry's Familia and maybe Brad Brock. And just not a lot of good stuff at the end of the game trying to close things out. Anyway, thank you for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcast. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.